0: I don't know where we can put this in, but I did just want to make a little bit of a Bollywood joke and say, "Rithik, this one's for you. Get it? (laughs) I was worried it wasn't going to fall in naturally if I let you start.
1: (laughs) You wanted to get it out first.
0: Yep. I love that. Okay. Hi everyone and welcome to Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim and I'm Katie and we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys. Yeah and this week we are talking about the movie
1: Zindigi Milegi Dobara. There are a lot of Bollywood boys in this one. There's a couple of our faves. It's a movie about boys
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's about boys it's about love it's about life more I think above all else it's about life that is what Zindigi means
1: exactly and it's perfect that that is our our usual abbreviation of the film is just to call it Zindigi but the the title of the film translates to... You only live once, which yep. isn't exactly
0: YOLO. Exactly. I like, um, I, I just happened to find another translation that says, You won't get a second life. Oh, that's nice too. And I find that a lot more romantic, potentially because of the proliferation of YOLO. Yes. <laughs> there is one very important thing that I just want to say before we actually launch into this movie. And it's just that this episode will be coming out on Rithik Rashan's birthday. Um, January 10th. I just wanted to put that at the forefront because he deserves it. Happy
1: birthday, Rithik. One of our, our, our top fave Bollywood boys for sure and absolutely does he deserve to be celebrated I just pulled it up on IMDb it looks like he is turning 48 okay great
0: someone told me today that he'd be turning 50 and I was like no way no we're not there yet no like
1: (laughs) sorry 49 he's turning 49 it's 2023 not
0: 2022 (laughs) still not 50 though still not 50 not Um, that there's a problem with that but I'm like I want him around for as long as possible exactly so let's not make him older than he needs to be so So should we recap what the synopsis is on the various imdbs and amazons yes indeed we shall so imdb's
1: plot synopsis for this film is three friends decide to turn their fantasy vacation into reality after one of their friends gets engaged a pretty pretty solid summary the only thing that i take issue with is the word fantasy yeah there's just something about that that feels wrong to me like these are two or these are three men in (laughs) fact who you know have they've been planning this trip for many
0: years and fantasy feels like the wrong word shall i read the amazon go right ahead so the story about three old friends, Kabir, Arjun, and Imran, reuniting after many years for a bachelor party trip before Kabir gets married. The trip changes their perception about life with many unforgettable experiences, which include Layla and a lot of self-realization. Watch the thrilling experience, which teaches a lot about life. Also accurate, Yeah. I I do think Layla's a phenomenal character and she's really important for a lot of reasons, which again, we will get into. Um, I'm not so certain that she's as important as the self-realization that happens. (laughs) I understand she facilitates a lot of the self-realization, but yeah, I just kind of feel like they were trying to figure out a way to fit in Katrina Kaif's name, which I get. Yes, I I agree with that. But
1: otherwise, a good, solid summary, I would say. So without without further ado, uh, let's dive in here. And the film opens on a, a scene of a man down on his knees asking a woman to marry him. The man is Kabir, played by Abe Diol. The woman is Natasha, played by Kalki Kochlin. And they're in this beautiful, romantic setting. There's swelling music playing. But Natasha is clearly not thrilled by this proposal. Uh, but mm-hmm. Kabir, he he does his best to convince her, saying you know, we we fit well together, our jobs go well together, our families get along, like, why not? Let's do this. And she does say yes, she does agree to marry him. And they, the next we see is their engagement party. We see their families together, celebrating, toasting the occasion. And in particular, we hear from Imran, played by Mm -hmm. Farhan Akhtar. Uh, whose hair is just unbelievable in this movie. Um, (laughs) And he is he's toasting his dear friend Kabir. And as he's doing that, Kabir's dad chimes in and uh, and he refers to their friendship as the three musketeers.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Obviously, there's only two of them. Yes. Imran says, yes, you know, we were in school. We were like the three musketeers. But unfortunately, our our third musketeer is is no longer with us. Um, he's not dead he's not dead he's uh he just lives in in London and we'll meet him in in just a few scenes here
0: there's a woman who like stands up after they announce the engagement and she just starts singing a song
1: oh my god she starts
0: singing wind beneath my wings yes Yes. (laughs) so they're like passing the microphone around so people can say congratulations and this woman I don't think she even says congratulations she just like (laughs) starts singing and and you can see Imran and Kabir kind of look each other like oh god
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's so great and it is the way that they look at each other is one of our first moments of you know nothing is said between the two characters but everything is said in their eyes and their expression you can tell that Mm -hmm. these are two dear old friends who have probably been at family events together where this woman has randomly started singing before in the past (laughs) and shared this exact look yes and after we after we see the toasts wrap up after the singing has has ceased Um, We cut to Natasha, who is chatting with her girlfriends. I think one of these women might be her sister, based on some of the other interactions that we see her have. And Natasha is explaining to her friends that Kabir is getting ready to go on a three-week-long bachelor trip to Spain. Um, and as a part of this trip it does sound spectacular like where do I sign up for a bachelor's trip to Spain (laughs) exactly yeah me and my (laughs) other bachelor friends so and as a part of this trip each of the friends who's going has planned an extreme sport that the others have to do so one of them picks the sport the others have to participate in it Uh, we cut back to Imran and Kabir who are explaining this as well to uh to a couple of guys who are at the event there's they're saying that the sport is kept a secret because it prevents the other two participants from backing out if it's like you know this immediate you got to do it you got to go and you got to do it right now uh they're they're less likely to to back out of it we're cutting back and forth here between two different conversations and so we hop back to Natasha uh whose friend Samisha is implying that Kabir is going to get up to some kind of shenanigans while he's on this trip and Natasha should be careful um, and she says that she still has no idea what happened on her husband, Nikhil's bachelor party. We return to uh, Kabir and Imran. Nikhil is one of the guys who they're talking to. Kabir, he, he starts talking to Nikhil and he's like, Hey man, you got to tell me more about what happened. Like I, I, I heard what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and Nikhil is is starting to get really embarrassed. And he, he explains, you know, I was really drunk she was this Ukrainian of woman. Of course. <laughs> of course. We don't hear exactly what happens between Nikhil and this woman, but some sort of infidelity has clearly transpired. After we uh, we learn about this indiscretion, we cut to an aerial shot of London. And we get our first visual of Arjun, played by our birthday boy, Rithik Roshan. And he is, I forgot that this is, uh, you know, Rithik in his pointy sideburns era. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that
0: era is most of his life.
1: I think it's, it's, you know, I I think most of what I see of Rithik these days are what he posts on Instagram and he's got more like the beard look going, the like, we all just came out of quarantine beard look going. It's a good look. It is a great look. He looks awesome. But you're right. I do think that the the pointy sideburns era was an extensive era for, for Rithik. Arjun is, you know, bustling about what appears to be some kind of stock exchange. He looks very businessy and very busy and very wealthy and important. He calls Kabir and he says that he can't come to Spain because he's got to work. Um, and Kabir says that if that's the case, then he's canceling the trip entirely. Uh, he tells us that the the trip was canceled once before, so he's going to cancel it again. And if it's not all three of them together, then it's not happening at all. Which is
0: very sweet, which we'll find because I feel like Kabir is a bit of the peacekeeper in this trio of friends, and I feel like he knows exactly what he's doing in saying this.
1: Yes, he is. Kabir is the the gentler personality between two much bigger personalities in Arjun and Imran, uh, we, we come to see. So Arjun next encounters his ex Rohini outside of the gym and she explains to him that she is getting married. Arjun has so much love in his eyes as he is having this conversation with Rohini. It seems very clear that there are still residual feelings of some sort here. Uh, but he does still wish her all the best. Um, Arjun gets home and he hears a pleading voicemail from Kabir um, saying, you know, man, we're the three musketeers. It's all for one and one for all. We next see Imran speaking to his mother. And she asks him if he's planning to see his father, Salman, while he's in Spain. Um, and Imran casually answers, I don't know. Um, His mom is getting upset by this, and through their conversation, we come to understand that Imran has only just recently learned that Salman is his father. His mother doesn't want him to meet him and is saying, he's known about you your whole life. He's never tried to contact you. He's never tried to be a part of your life. Why would you want to meet him? And Imran basically accuses his mom of maybe keeping any attempts at contact from Salman. And I think... We don't have any evidence that that actually happened. It seems very much just like something he said to kind of hurt her and shut her off in that moment.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not a great look for Imran. Um, no, especially <laughs> because this whole conversation came about about him learning about his birth father because his father who raised him recently died. Right. So it was only I think after he died that his mom said, "By the way, this man who raised you." Wasn't actually your biological father. Your biological father lives in Spain. So, um, in the conversation with Imran and his mom, um, she mentions, I think she says, Are you going to move back to Bombay? Because I think he lives in Delhi. Um, Yes. But it's important to note that she does call it Bombay. And clocking that, I thought, you know, okay, this might be a good time for us to just do a quick, mini little history lesson just about why. Mumbai is home to Bollywood, which came about when Bombay was Bombay, not Mumbai. Basically, Mumbai, or variations of it, were in use in the 16th century to refer to this city. Um, So it was called Mumbai by the Kali fisher folk, and that name came from Mamba Devi, which is the patron goddess of that fishing folk. So that's all well and good, but then the Portuguese... They (laughs) landed in this city, and then they decided to call it Bombayum, which means good bay. Then, when the Brits came in and took control in the 17th century, they anglicized the Portuguese name and ended up calling it Bombay. So Bombay does have its roots in colonialism. So it was Bombay up until the right-wing Hindu Nationalist Party, Shiv Sena, came into power in 1995. They saw Bombay as a lasting symbol of British colonialism and said, yeah, we have power. We're going to change this. So in 1995, they officially changed the name to Mumbai. So it has only been Mumbai for 25 years. So it makes sense that an older woman would still call it Bombay, that there are many residents who continue to call it Bombay. And yeah,
1: thank you so much for that little, very digestible bite of of history there. And I think important to particularly highlight that because the name Bombay has its roots in colonialism, that does also mean that the term Bollywood Uh has its roots in colonialism. There's definitely conversations to be had and books to be read and and things about whether or not the term Bollywood is is an appropriate term or an acceptable term. I think broadly speaking, most people are pretty down with Mm. it. Anyway, diving back in here to our plot, we quickly see Kabir and Natasha discussing um, her plans to be in London for the three weeks that he is in Spain. And then we get to what I would say is our first song, which is called Dildadocne Do," which is such a bop, but it's playing over a montage. And the montage is the boys preparing to travel and traveling to Spain. We really do see some amazing differences between all of our boys here. Particularly Imran and Arjun are very much contrasted. We see Imran is just stuffing his stuff into bags. Uh just like, you know, he's not even folding anything. He's just like mashing as much stuff into his bags as he can. Whereas Arjun is like cautiously rolling up ties and he's got dress shoes that he's putting into dust bags. There is also a moment towards the end of the song where we see the one thing that he packs fairly carelessly is something and we don't really know what it is, but he pulls something out of a bright orange Hermès bag and he just stuffs that into his suitcase without really any thought for it. Kabir, meanwhile, uh, is having the most luxurious flight experience I've ever seen a human oh, yeah. After the montage, uh, we see the boys at their hotel. Arjun and Imran greet each other rather awkwardly, uh, but Arjun does take the time to express sympathy over the death of Imran's father, who they called Abu, and who we know isn't his birth father, but that isn't. That doesn't come up in this moment. We also learn uh, what was in that Hermes bag. <laughs> it was a 12,000 euro purse. Yep. 12,000 euros that Arjun bought to give to Kabir to then give to Natasha. And we have to assume that Kabir is paying him back, but still just to like front the
0: 12,000 euros. Yeah, I would assume that. But also, you know, you see Imran's eyes just go wide because he's like, oh my God, 12,000 euros? for this. And Arjun also very nastily says
1: that that's more than Imran makes in a year, which is just like not kind.
0: Yeah, we're just picking up on some some hints of what Arjun like as a person kind of thinks are important or thinks are valuable mm-hmm. in life and is kind of nasty about it. He's a very materialistic person. And not only that,
1: but there seems to be this suggestion of superiority. Oh, yeah. So the next day, the boy set out for Costa Brava. Imran begs Kabir to swap the sensible SUV that they have rented for a bright red convertible. But his request is emphatically denied. Mm-hmm. Kabir tries to then pack the Hermes purse into the trunk of the car uh, but Imran grabs it and he brings it into the back seat with him, uh, saying that because it is a twelve thousand euro purse, it travels first class. <laughs> yes, we're setting up, you know, one of the more important characters of the film. Um, <laughs> now we get a little bit of a quick road trip montage. Over the course of this montage, Arjun is taking several work calls, including one video call where he pulls off to the side of the road, puts on a tie, and speaks to a client in Japan. And he's speaking Japanese, and the boys, the Imran and Kabir, are teasing him about speaking Japanese.
0: Yeah, I am just so impressed that he carries, like, a tie and, like, a waistcoat. Yes! Just in case I have to get out of the car on the side of the road and conduct a business deal. Um... <laughs> The boys pull over to a rest area and they
1: decide to pull an old college prank on a stranger that comes into the bathroom. This prank involves basically just screaming and pointing at the urinal that this poor man is using and then running screaming out of the bathroom and out of the rest area and this poor stranger you know follows them like what is happening his fly is undone yeah. his like you know his shirt is untucked he doesn't know what's happening and then the next thing he sees is the boys in their car driving away just like smiling and and waving with a little bit you know like almost a little bit of an apology in their eyes yeah. um and the stranger you know shouts angrily after them i just yeah, I don't know that
0: I'm on board with this. I,
1: this is a funny prank to maybe pull on a, an unsuspecting friend, yes. but not on an unsuspecting stranger, in my humble opinion. I agree. Uh, back in the car, Imran pulls a hat and sunglasses out and he he rests them on the Hermes purse and introduces the purse to his friends as Bhagwati. Yes. Um, and now we have met uh, our, our fourth road trip Companion Baguette,
0: and and here, um, i yeah, I think it's important to mention that at the very very beginning of the film, when they did their like thank you, they did thank Hermes. Um, oh, great! And <laughs> now we understand why, because literally yes. Hermes plays a part in a character in the film. Absolutely,
1: great product placement here for anybody shopping for a twelve thousand euro <laughs> purse. They now know exactly where. To go.
0: I know I am. Um, no. <laughs>
1: Now that we're making millions off this podcast, by all the Hermes places. Um, so Arjun takes another work call and Kabir pleads, you know, someone take the phone away from this man and throw it away. Imran obliges this request of Kabir's. He grabs the phone out of Arjun's hand and he tosses it out of the window of the moving car. And Arjun is understandably pretty furious about this. They spend, like, a couple of seconds trying to find it and quickly realize that it's totally fruitless. And since Imran only threw the phone because Kabir asked him to, Arjun asks Kabir to tell him to slap Imran, which Ar- <laughs> Kabir does, and then Arjun slaps him, which, I, you know, I think is, you know, a little well-deserved in this moment. Yeah, it's a hard slap. It had some power behind it, that's for sure. So, you know, Arjun accuses Imran of not taking anything seriously. And we learn in this fight that uh, Arjun's girlfriend cheated on him with Imran four years Mm -hmm. ago. And this was the reason that their first planned trip to Spain got canceled. Um, Kabir interjects during this fight and tells them both that they need to get over this and that the woman in question, uh, Sonali, just is not worth the drama that, that they have cooked up here yeah anyway the boys arrive at their gorgeous house in costa brava and they head to the beach where arjun whose hair has gone from being like totally slipped ba- slicked back to being like curly and beach, like beach fluffy waves. and beautiful yep just yes <laughs> arjun is rocking his beach waves but he settles in to do some work because what else does one do at the beach than pull out their laptop and maybe hop on another call with japan as he's working, he looks up the beach, and he notices a beautiful woman playing with some kind of weird, like, ribbon and ball toy that she's just kind of <laughs> flinging around. Um, Imran and Kabir come out of the water, and Imran notices the same woman, um, and he decides that he's going to go over to flirt with her, even though Arjun protests, declaring that he saw her 1st to which Imran replies, yes, but did she see you? And this is an excellent point. And so he goes over, luckily, coincidentally, she is in fact half Indian, yeah. and she does speak Hindi, which is great. You know, these kinds of coincidences always happen in these movies, and we always, we're happy they do. They do, and
0: I just, they do mention later on in the film, they're like, Indians, were are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so when we make a comment about that, which I just was tempted to, anytime we
1: say that Indians are everywhere you know the diaspora um it's we're referencing comments like these in other movies correct so uh Imran is still flirting with this this beautiful woman he asks her for a drink but she says that she has an early morning the next day um as she's walking away because she just came to twirl her ribbons (laughs) for a couple of minutes she's not there for the whole day as she's walking away um he asks what her name is and she says her name is Layla Um, At dinner that night, Kabir reveals to the boys what they have come to Costa Brava for, and it is deep-sea diving. Mm -hmm. Arjun is less than thrilled by this news because he is afraid of water um, and can't swim. But Kabir assures him that he can still participate, that the company says that you can still participate in deep-sea diving, even if you can't swim. Now, I did not look this up, but it does seem sketchy to me, and I do wonder at the truth of this. Yeah,
0: I don't... (laughs) Stuff happens when you're under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you at least need to know how to kick your legs.
1: But anyway, you know, we're assured that that Arjun, despite his fear of water, is going to be fine. And the next day, the boys meet their diving trainer. Surprise! It's Layla, the beautiful woman they met at the beach the day before. Arjun is emboldened to participate uh, and Layla also assures him that it's totally fine that he doesn't need to know how to swim. Um, after a quick training montage, they head under the water and Arjun is clearly nervous, but Layla calms him by staring into his eyes mm-hmm. through their masks and and sharing their uh, their breathing device. I don't scuba dive, so I don't know what you'd call that thing, but sharing that back and forth. And, and this does help him to, to relax. I do wonder if this is an effective training method in scuba diving to take the mouthpiece out of a panicking person's uh, mouth and, uh, and and share with them. But it does work for Arjun. Layla is a good trainer. She knows what he and does in this And it's certainly
0: mold. romantic. It is nothing if not romantic.
1: <laughs> um So Layla joins the boys for dinner that night and they're discussing Kabir's pending nuptials and Arjun mentions that Natasha's father is worth, you know, multiple crore rupee uh, and that this is a huge advantage to marrying Natasha. Uh Um, And Layla understandably asks him, would you really marry for money? Are you really that kind of guy? And he says, yeah. You know, even if it's a boring person, who needs entertainment when you've got multiple crore rupee? Uh-huh. So again, we're, you know, we, we really are understanding Arjun's, uh, you know, the way he thinks about life.
0: And you can tell that Layla's like, oh.
1: She's not into it. She's not into it at all. The next day, they go out on their full deep sea diving expedition. And Layla, before they jump in the water, tells Arjun that his life is about to change. And he does have a beautiful dive with Layla by his side, and he is moved to tears by this experience. And we hear Imran's voice read a poem. The moment flows by like molten sapphire, blue skies and there is no land nor sky. The rustling branches and leaves are saying only you are here, only me, my breath and my heartbeat. Such deep breath, such solitude, and me, only me. I now believe I exist.
0: It's a very beautiful moment. It, very profound. Farron Akhtar and Zoya Akhtar both are credited as some of the writers on this film. But mm-hmm. their father, Javed Akhtar, is the one who wrote the poetry. And Javed Akhtar
1: wrote the lyrics for none other than a little film called Om Shanti Om. Yes, he did. And I don't think we mentioned that Zoya Akhtar uh, was the director of, of this film. We have not, um, but... But she is, and she does a wonderful job. The Akhtar family are all incredibly talented. Yes. Uh, So back at the house, Kabir is Skyping with Natasha, and Layla comes in to ask if she can use the bathroom. And Kabir is like, oh, Natasha, you've got to meet Layla. Layla, come meet Natasha. And so Layla comes over, she waves, and then she heads into the bathroom. Natasha is immediately jealous of this and hangs up on him. And as extreme of a reaction as I feel this is, we have to remember that she has at the back of her mind this unknown story of her friend's husband potentially cheating on her while he was on his bachelor trip. So she's is she she's got that in mind as she does this. Um, meanwhile, downstairs, Arjun is chopping tomatoes for dinner about as slowly as a person could, <laughs> um, could possibly chop tomatoes. Yeah. And Layla asks him how the dive was. And he just says thank you, which is just yeah. like perfect, really just sums it up. At their at their dinner, uh, Arjun claims to have discovered the secret of life after the dive, and it is to just keep breathing. Um, and Kabir thanks Layla in this moment for, you know, waking up their friend, for giving them back their friend, because they're seeing, you know, shimmers of the old Arjun, the, the person who they fell in love with. Um, And as a thank you, Kabir invites Layla to join them for the rest of their trip. But Layla says that she is going to Bunyol for the Tomatina Festival, and she invites the boys to come along. And Kabir leaves this up to Arjun, since uh, their next stop is Seville, which was Arjun's choice of a location. And Arjun surprises everyone by making the spontaneous choice and saying that they should go along with, uh, with Layla. And so they're going to the Tomatina
0: Festival, which is the world's largest tomato fight. Which, I'm sorry, is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, the idea of someone throwing tomatoes at me, it just makes me feel ill.
1: And it would just take, you would just, you would smell that on yourself for days yeah. afterwards. Anyway, after dinner, Arjun is sitting by the pool and he's reflecting on his breakup with Rohini. You know, what's what's really coming out here is that he's always working hard for a future. And she is trying to get him to live in the present. Yeah. So the next day, uh, Kabir surprises the gang with a new car to bring them to Bunyol, a pale blue convertible. Imran sits in the back seat with Layla and he introduces her to Bhagwati. <laughs> he recites poetry to her and Arjun says that their friend is an excellent writer. And Imran is clearly in the moment very like flattered by this. That is until Arjun begins singing a song called Diamond Biscuits. <laughs> Which,
0: honestly, I would <laughs> um, buy those.
1: I would buy those in a heartbeat. Uh, this is a jingle that he and Kabir are singing along to together, clearly one that they've memorized to tease their friend who, uh, and this is where we learn that Imran's profession is that he he writes jingles. So as they're driving along, uh, Natasha calls Kabir, and she apologizes uh, for hanging up on him the night before, and she asks them where it is that they are staying in Bunyol for for the festival. So they arrive in Bunyol and they meet up with Layla's friend, Nuria, and she and Imran have this lingering gaze moment across the car until she sees him pull Bagwati out of the backseat. <laughs> and then she's a little bit kind of questioning what's what's going on there. Layla implores the boys to leave their bags and they head straight to the Tomatina festival. Um, and Layla explains that they have to squash the tomatoes before they throw them because otherwise it's very painful. And Kabir and Arjun immediately take this opportunity to throw unsquashed tomatoes at Imran, and he is in a great deal of pain. <laughs> like,
0: which again, there's there's boyish pranks, and then there's just like assault, and it's just mean. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe I just don't understand like man friendships. I guess not.
1: We are we are women and have only women friendships. I mean, even with men. But anyway. <laughs> So we now get to our next song, uh, Paint It Red. Um, I forgot what a bop this is. It's a good one. And it's, this is playing over. We see these scenes of everybody having a great time at what must be a really stinky tomato festival.
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't really convey the smell, which I'm, I'm happy for. Definitely well, I was just going to say, it also seems like the actors are just like they were just told to have fun. Like, hey, yes. we're going to throw tomatoes at you. Have a blast. Like, it just feels Mm -hmm. like everything in that was very unscripted.
1: Absolutely. Uh, After the festival, the gang is heading back into the hotel. Uh, Layla takes one final opportunity to smash a tomato into Kabir's face. And as revenge, he hoists her up into the air and he goes running into the hotel with her. And he runs right past Natasha, Mm. who is waiting for them in the lobby. Oh, boy. Um, And at the top of act two, Kabir and Natasha are arguing. Surprise, surprise. Um, Natasha is fearful that Kabir is having an affair with Layla. Uh, and he says, You know, I'm never going to see her again after this. And Natasha's like, Yeah, that's exactly why I think that you might be having an affair with her. And she's again clearly remembering this mysterious Nikhil Samisha thing where we don't really know. She doesn't really know what happens, but we know that something happened.
0: Yeah. And again, I know we have to remember that. But if she just spent like two minutes in the same room, as Arjun and Layla, she'd realize, like, there's vibes there. That's where the sexual tension is. Exactly. <laughs> so uh,
1: Imran invites Kabir and Natasha to dinner, um, and Natasha says that she wants to go, which surprises Kabir, but she explains that she doesn't want Kabir's friends to think that she is a witch. Imran rejoins Layla, Arjun, and Nuria in the next room, and he immediately shouts, Witch alert! <laughs> uh, so clearly this, is, this plan of Natasha's is not working. Um, Imran takes this opportunity to flirt with Nuria, despite the fact that she doesn't speak Hindi and he doesn't speak Spanish. At dinner, Layla shares with the gang that she's next off to Morocco for a month. And Imran asks Natasha if she is going to be coming with them on their trip to Seville. Uh, Natasha says that she is returning to London the next day. Uh, There's very palpable tension between Natasha and Kabir and Arjun and Imran are clearly picking up on it and they can really only look on in both amusement and shock but mostly shock as they see their friend acting in ways that they've never really seen him act before like not engaging with them Um, at one point she Natasha tells Kabir to tell them to stop doing something and he does and it just it just feels very very much not like the the man they know and love yeah after dinner, Imran asks Arjun and Layla to take a long walk, and he takes this opportunity to seduce Nuria, um, you know, full-on, rose-between-the-teeth, flamenco dancing for her, and this does it for her.
0: He's in. I, he, he's got Yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, it would do it for me. Yeah. So I- <laughs>
1: On their walk, Arjun speculates uh, that a man who prioritizes work over everything else could not possibly be Layla's type, which she does confirm for him, sort of teasing him back but Arjun gets very serious and he explains that his father died when he was eight years old and this left his mother in very severe debt. Mm-hmm. And Layla, you know, she's understanding of this, but she asks Arjun if money makes him happy. And he says, yeah, it does. It does make me happy. And she says, but has a paycheck ever made you cry? Mm-hmm. You know, thinking of the way he cried at the end of their die. Yeah. Um, and and Arjun explains his goal of working until he's 40 and then retiring comfortably. Um, But Layla tells him that he has to live in the moment because, you know, what if he doesn't live till he's 40? Right. You don't get a second life. You really don't. You (laughs) zindigina malegi dobara. Back at the hotel, a post-coital Núria and Imran are laying beside each other, um, speaking to each other in their respective languages. Um, In Spanish, Núria says that she's noticed that he laughs a lot, but he has sad eyes, which, I mean, isn't that like the dream man? Um,
0: It it is. I mean, it's
1: mine. It's mine right there. (laughs) (laughs) Imran tells Núria that he wants to meet his father, but he's afraid that his father doesn't want to meet him. In their room, uh, Natasha is packing up her things, um, and she's asking Kabir how he would feel if their positions were reversed, if she were on a trip with her friends and suddenly she had invited some man along with them. And Kabir says that he would want her to be safe in that experience, but that he would trust her, which feels like a reasonable response, and Natasha says that that is easier said than done. The next morning, the boys and Natasha bid farewell to Nuria and Layla. Arjun wishes Layla all the best on her adventures in Morocco. As they drive away, we hear Imran's voice reading another poem. After the poem is is finished, Layla asks Nuria to borrow her bike, and she chases the boys down. They pull over to the side of the road, and Arjun immediately hops out of the car, and Layla just goes right up to him and lays one on him. Yep. Um. And it's a really nice looking kiss. It is. Uh, She says that she hates regrets and Arjun says then she shouldn't have any. Um, And this is just a really excellent uh, steamy, steamy kiss. Rithik's shirt is unbuttoned very, very far to like (laughs) basically the bottom of his rib cage. Um, And we love it. We love every moment. Yep.
0: I do love this too, because when they were saying goodbye, she wasn't going to make the move because she was waiting for Arjun to make the move. And Arjun was like, He he wasn't feeling comfortable or confident enough to do it. And so I just love that she was like, screw that. We're doing this and
1: made it happen. She's that kind of lady. She makes stuff happen. Yeah,
0: Layla's like my role (laughs) model.
1: She really is. We should all strive to be more like Layla. So the next song plays Arjun is on a cloud throughout this song um, he is dangling his bare feet carelessly out of the car he's laying on the top of the car which I just wrote safety <laughs> yeah, question I question say, question. Say,
0: seems a little bit unsafe
1: at one point there are just some horses running along beside them in the car <laughs> no
0: fences
1: um... no fences just free loose horses As they drive, Natasha reveals to Kabir that she actually quit her job. Kabir is saying, why did you do this? This was your dream job. Why would you ever quit it? And Natasha says, well, dreams change. Um, And now she's got these big plans for their marriage. She's going to redecorate their house, which apparently is going to take a year. Imran and Arjun, meanwhile, like during this fight, are just like staring blankly ahead from the front seat. Like they're just like not looking at each other, not looking behind them, just staring ahead. <laughs> yeah, they're
0: picking up on some tension with their their guy.
1: And we next, I really just love this next shot where the boys are just waiting by the side of the road, um, and then and you know it's not really clear why. And then all of a sudden, Natasha like pops up out of a field of sunflowers and just kind of like jaunts her way over to them, wearing like a <laughs> (laughs) A denim jumpsuit. which is a phenomenal
0: jumpsuit. (laughs) Love it. She looks great. But she has her Hermes bag. (laughs) She brought it into the the field to pee. (laughs) And I mean, she is a vision emerging from the sunflower. She
1: really is. So she comes out and she asks if she can drive. Everyone's clearly a little uncomfortable about this, but the answer is yes, because we next see her driving along. Kabir tells her that she can drive faster and Natasha turns around and explains that she she doesn't want to drive recklessly as she <laughs> veers into oncoming traffic. Yep. But she you know, she settles back in and then she turns on the radio and she sings along to the song that I have to assume is just called Rock Chick. Yes. And Imran and Arjun you know, eventually get sucked in and, and start to sing along, which again, one of my absolute favorite moments oh, in the movie. <laughs> it's fun. just Hrithik I... singing rock chick in like the, his lowest octave. Yeah. And <laughs> pumping like they're his fist. clearly
0: like, they're just doing over the top facial expressions. Yeah. It's, yeah, It's super fun. They are having fun with Natasha, yes. but in a way that does seem to be poking fun at Kabir. Um, so they drop Natasha off at the airport. Uh, Imran
1: bids a, a tearful farewell to Bhagwati. And then Imran and Arjun discuss with one another how Kabir is just not himself around Natasha. And Arjun says that they they've got to talk to him about this. Uh, Back on the road, Kabir teases Imran for writing in his diary, then asks Imran to play a word association game with him um, to figure out, you know, what it is that's on Imran's mind. Uh, And so this is, you know, the classic game of you say the, I say a word, you say the first word that comes into your mind when I say that word. And Imran, you know, they're going back and forth, and Imran stumbles over the word father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and Kabir and Arjun then understand that Imran is emotional because of something to do with his father. Now, at this point, Kabir and Arjun, all they know is that, you know, Imran's father died about a year ago. So, you know, nothing is really further explored in this moment about that. At their hotel for the night, Arjun straight up asks Kabir if he's happy with Natasha. And Kabir says that, yes, he is. He's excusing Natasha's behavior over this trip as having to do with being jealous of Layla. You know, he's trying to be very understanding of that. He turns to Imran for confirmation that Natasha is a nice girl. And Imran is just like, yeah. just kind of gives nothing yeah i
0: i feel like we really get an image of what imran is like and that i don't think imran uh, deals with conflict very well um so uh you know
1: that's kind of the end of that arjun walks over to his bed and says he has an extra pillow which he then aggressively throws into imran's face which is again an excellent moment yes Back on the road, Imran asks if the boys mind if they take a detour because he wants to visit the home of the artist Salman Habib. Arjun and Kabir agree, and they reflect on how you can find Indian people in every corner of the world. Again, the diaspora at work here. Yep. Arjun is giving directions for how to get to the address, and Imran is driving, and Arjun tells him to take a right at a fork in the road, but Imran aggressively turns to the left instead. Um, and he says, you know, don't worry about it, we'll, maybe we'll go on the way back instead. Uh, The boys arrive at their destination, which is Arjun's pick for their extreme sport. Mm -hmm. And it's skydiving. Yeah, it is. Um, Now it's Imran's turn to not be particularly thrilled
0: about this choice because he is afraid of heights. Another fun fact here um, is that while Arjun was scared of deep sea diving, Mm Rithik is a certified scuba dive instructor. And while Imran was terrified of skydiving, Baron Akhtar is apparently a certified skydiver fascinating don't ask me what abe deal does because i don't know i was gonna say (laughs) abe deal is a certified runner with the bulls
1: (laughs) spoilers (laughs) oh sorry um But so Kabir reminds Imran that, you know, Arjun eventually came around to the idea of deep sea diving, to which Imran reasonably reminds uh, Kabir that that was really just because of Layla. Um, And so the boys hope that maybe their instructor for skydiving will be another, you know, beautiful woman for, for Imran to fall in love with. Um, but unfortunately, it's a, it's a very intense and very powerful looking man. Yep. He's asking if everyone is ready and the boys and the woman who is with them are,
0: they're all like, yes,
1: we're ready. And then Imran just very gently shakes his
0: head. Aww. No. <laughs> and also, this woman that is like going through the training with them, what a powerhouse. Katie, this is my first, <gasps> we
1: could be that white lady. Oh, I
0: would love <laughs> to be that white lady. Yes, Kim.
1: Um. Yes. You know, this is this is a segment of the podcast where Katie and I reflect on how we could have been the white lady who was in this scene. Um, alas, we were not, but we definitely could have been. But yeah, she is. She's having a great time. She is keeping up with the boys. She's doing better than the boys in a lot of this training. And it's, it's really excellent. And so this, you know, and we're seeing this all in a montage of of them training, Uh, but they do go up in the plane and they're sitting there together um, and they begin to jump out of the plane. First, Kabir. Uh, and then Arjun, who, as he's about to go, he shouts back to Imran, just let it all go. Imran comes up to, to the door and he he can't bring himself to jump out. So he turns to the guide behind him and asks the guide to push him out, which he does. And he's out. He's soaring in the air. Uh, and the boys fly together. They, they even come and meet up and, and hold hands and are just, you know, shouting with glee when they land, they all run to each other and
0: hug and jump with elation. And it's just... Yeah. It's amazing. And again, it was kind of like the same feeling that we got when they were underwater. But again, yeah. I just really appreciate the time that that they took to film these men just kind of floating in midair mm-hmm. and just being because so much of yeah. this movie is about living in the moment, about just being present. And they actually managed to convey that to a person just yeah. sitting on their couch. Oh, that's such a good point.
1: Yeah, it really, you see, the they, they let those moments breathe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now from one beautiful moment <laughs> right into another, we get to what is probably the best number from the movie, in my opinion, um, Senorita. The song is a, it's an amazing blend of Spanish and Hindi together.
0: It is. And I from the get-go, you know it's gonna be good because like Rhythmic mm-hmm. just sashays in with like the glowy blue. And I eye. always forget that it's never established where those glasses come
1: from, or indeed where they go when he throws them off of his face. They're just they're only there for that moment and then their their purpose is served. The
0: perfect <laughs> moment.
1: Um so at at the bar, after their senorita ing. Arjun reflects that he doesn't want the trip to end you know even though he almost didn't come he doesn't want the trip to end he says it's like you know it's the end of the weekend and he doesn't want to go back to school and it's adorable. The boys then decide that they're going to pull once more their favorite prank on a drunk man who is sitting at the bar so they surround him, and Arjun starts to silently count down to get ready to to scream and scare this man. But at the last second, he and Imran don't scream, <laughs> and so just Kabir shouts, "Look out!" Yeah, and is pointing in 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 the other direction. Kabir, and Arjun, gets and his. Laugh. <laughs> yeah. um, Arjun, and Imran laugh. Yeah, uh, Arjun and Imran laugh, but the man is not amused as no one would be in the situation. And he slaps Kabir right across the face and true loyal friends that they are Arjun and Imran <laughs> jump on the man's back. And then the next shot that we see is them at a police station. <laughs> Arjun tra- has, uh, he's tried to call Layla and Nuria, but their phones are switched off. Um, and so Imran says that he is going to uh, call the artist Salman Habib. And the boys are like, why would you call him? Why would you just call this random artist? He's not going to come and help us. And Imran explains that he will hopefully come because he is, in fact, his father. Imran explains to his friends that he learned that the man who raised him, Abu, was not his father. And he he learned this a few days after Abu's death. So Salman picks them up from the police station and... He, you know, he says that they are looking hungover and he invites them back to, to his house to freshen up. Um, there's a great moment when he arrives and he turns around and faces these three men and is looking at them like clearly not knowing which one is his son, but knowing one of them is his son. Um, so back at his house, um, Salman takes the opportunity to tease both Kabir and Arjun for their chosen professions. Arjun then whispers in Imran's ear that he is a Xerox copy of his father, you know, this way that he's he's teasing the boys. Arjun and Kabir leave to give Imran and Salman some space and some privacy to to talk. Salman tells Imran that he has a wife, but they never had any children. He confesses that he didn't want to stay with Imran's mother because he wasn't ready to be a father and still isn't. Yep, just the thing you want to hear. Imran is upset to realize that his father did, in fact, know about him all these years, and yet made the choice to not find him, not be in communication with him in any way, shape, or form. Solomon does apologize for this, but Imran says... Don't apologize unless it comes from your heart. And then he stands up and he leaves with tears in his eyes. Yeah,
0: which is echoing the words that Arjun had told him back when they were working out their differences over uh, Arjun's girlfriend. Yes. Rather
1: than stay at Salman's house, the boys sleep by the side of the road. um, And we hear Imran again reading another poem. Everyone's story has a little sorrow. Everyone's share has a little sunshine. No need for water in your eyes. Every moment can be a new life. Why do you let them pass you by? Oh, heart, why is it that you cry? Yeah, I like that one a lot. I,
0: yeah, I just, I like a little bit of melancholy, um, yeah. which we'll find in some of my favorite movie choices. Uh huh. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really nice one. Um, When the morning comes, Imran uh, apologizes to Arjun and, you know, like you said, he has he's taken those words that Arjun said to heart and he has, you know, he's he's taking this opportunity to really and truly apologize for what he did uh, four years ago. Back in the car, uh, Kabir is on a video call with Natasha. They are once again arguing Natasha is telling Kabir that it seems like they only started fighting after he went away on this trip. And she wants him to come back to be with her, to be with their families, and to be with their friends. And Kabir asserts that his friends are there with him. Yeah, they are. Indeed they are. They're just not the friends that Natasha approves of. After this, this video call happens, we get a flashback. And the flashback is at Kabir's mom's birthday party. And as the the party is singing happy birthday, Kabir pulls out a ring and shows it to Natasha. In awe, Natasha grabs the ring from Kabir and shows it to her friend Tanya, who's sitting across the table. And the two women start shrieking. Yep. (laughs) Everyone is suddenly shocked because these women are shrieking Um, and Tanya apologizes and then announces that Kabir just proposed to Natasha (sighs) and the families begin to celebrate. They're absolutely thrilled that this is happening. Kabir, however, (laughs) looks a little confused and a little uncomfortable. And indeed, this is not the proposal that we saw at the start of the film. It is not. Kabir takes Natasha outside and he explains that the ring was meant for his mother you know, he says that he's never really thought about marriage, that he's just not in that place. And Natasha is understandably embarrassed in this moment i mean she definitely overreacted i think yeah there's you know there's blame to be had on both For sides sure here. kabir did hold a ring in a ring box open to his girlfriend yeah and- um so he made that choice but then natasha <laughs> she doesn't even say yes to him no she just grabs the ring and immediately shows it
0: off to her friend which like- i think is yeah <laughs> indicative of some traits of natasha yes, um absolutely and yeah also Kabir show her the ring you got for your mother in private like before yeah. you're there at the table um, why is it not wrapped I have so <laughs> many have questions you not already wrapped it <laughs> so many questions about this and also why would the family just be like great we were literally in the middle of like your mom blowing out the candles on her birthday cake I'm yeah like, sure <laughs> no this is about you <laughs>
1: Natasha begins to cry and she's wondering how are they going to tell their families? What is she going to say to her father now that they have to go in and say, oh, nope, surprise, we're not actually engaged. Sorry. And she asks Kabir if he's even serious about their relationship. And in response to this, Kabir gets down on one knee Mm -hmm. and we're back to the start of the movie.
0: Full circle.
1: Uh, Back on the trip with the boys, uh, we hear a knock on a door. We see Arjun rise from his bed and go to answer the knock to find Layla at his door. And he's just like the thrill and excitement. He's just like so shocked and and happy to see her. She explains that Imran called her to come and join them once more. And Arjun declares that Imran is his best friend. So the boys are now in Pamplona and they're watching the running of the bulls. And Layla calls it suicide. And then she turns to Imran and says, this is why you're here, right? Um... (laughs) And everyone's a little bit shocked by this, but yes, indeed, this is what Imran has chosen for their last extreme sport.
0: What Um, a choice.
1: Now, I did do a little bit of Googling, and absolutely it is the case that uh, this is by far the most statistically likely way to die. Of the three things that they're doing, there's like, you know, less than a 1% chance of dying in either uh, scuba diving or a skydiving accident skydiving is like less than one one hundredth of a percent chance that you'll die running with the bulls it's like 10 people die every year doing it (laughs) too
0: many people way
1: too many people you know the boys are telling Imran that they think that this is way too dangerous Imran says that they're facing their biggest fear death and all they need to do to stay alive is run that's it. Just run. It's as easy as that. Bago. Um, and he tells them that he is going to be at the starting line the next morning, with or without them. We, we join them at lunch next, and Layla gives Imran a postcard from Nuria, which is written in Spanish. Um, but she says that love has no language, and Imran takes the card and, and, and tucks it away lovingly. Yes. They, they decide that they're going shopping, but Kabir says that he is going to go back to the hotel. Sensing that something is off with Kabir, Arjun plays Kabir's earlier word association game with him. Um, And Kabir this time fumbles on the word marriage.
0: Uh
1: Um, And Kabir is angry. He says he doesn't have time for this and he storms out. But the boys follow him. And when they catch up, uh, they get Kabir to confess that, you know, Natasha isn't the girl he fell for. He fell for this girl who was independent and she was this great interior designer and she's gotten very possessive of him and she's, you know, been showing this very jealous side of herself. And then he explains that the proposal was all a mistake. Arjun tries to convince Kabir to just call off the wedding. Um, Kabir is saying no, it's too late, our parents are involved, you know, he's making every excuse he can. Um, But Arjun says that none of that matters and that Kabir just has to do what will make him happy and even though, yes, this will hurt Natasha, ultimately it will be in both of their best interest in the long run. Back at the hotel, Kabir is contemplating his options. We also see Imran calling his mom and telling her that he met Salman and that he understands why she did what she did. And he says that he loves her and she just like cries and says she loves him and it's just very sweet and you have to imagine that she in this moment is just so proud of her son. Um, And we get these great three in a row shots of the boys falling asleep that night. We see Arjun spooning Layla. We see Imran, uh, who has fallen asleep beside the diary that he was was drawing a picture of a bull in. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see Kabir still laying awake with a glass of wine in his hand, just staring blankly at the ceiling. But the next morning, the boys meet up outside their hotel room and... They realize that they're all doing it. (laughs) They've all decided that they're going to head to that starting line and they are indeed going to run with the bulls. As they're waiting for the run to start, Imran insists that they make a new pact. Now that they've completed or are about to complete their, you know, Spain trip pact, they've got to start a new one. And this one is an if we survive pact. Imran says that he, if he survives, he's going to publish his poetry arjun says that if he survives he is going to go to morocco with Layla. you know job be damned what are they going to do fire him who cares yeah and kabir he's really struggling to say it everyone knows what it is he wants to say but he just barely has time before they have to start running to declare that he will end his engagement with natasha and then the bulls are at their heels they're running as fast as they can. At one point, they're forced to jump out of the way and stop running as, you know, as the crowds are running by, the bulls are, are running past them.
0: And the bulls are, like, hitting people.
1: Fully hitting people, <laughs> yes. Like,
0: like, skewering.
1: Yep, People's it's happening thoughts. for real. Yeah, no yeah. one, no one's having a good time here. Um, but the boys have jump out, jumped out of the way. Um, but they, they look at each other. And with newfound determination, Kabir takes back to the race. And his friends jump in line behind him. Um, And as they dash for the finish line, we hear the fourth and final of Imran's poems. If you were carrying your restlessness in your heart, you are alive. If you are carrying the lightning of dreams in your eyes, you are alive. Let your arms be wide open to every moment you meet. If you're carrying your wonder in your eyes, you are alive. If you're carrying your restlessness in your heart, you are alive. And the, the film ends with a shot of the boys running for their lives from the bulls. And we get the, um, the, the first credit that we see is uh, the poems being attributed to Javed Akhtar, which is so beautiful. And then, you know, we get our end credits dance number, uh, which is uh, Suraj Ki Bohun Mei, uh, which is, again, a, a great bop. It's a good time. Um, the boys are dancing down the aisle. We see that it's someone's wedding. We're not sure whose it is until the bride comes dancing down, and it's Layla. Yeah, Um, So it's Layla and Arjun getting married. It's beautiful. Um, And I think my favorite moment from this number is right at the end, where Kabir and Layla and Imran and Nuria and Arjun are standing together for a photo. Natasha is standing nearby. She kind of sees that she's in the photo and makes to walk away, but Arjun grabs her by the arm and pulls her back in to join them. And that photo is the last shot we see of the movie. And I just, you know... We've, we've talked about Natasha, there are definitely things to dislike about her character, but I just love that for one thing she was invited to the wedding, for another, Arjun in this moment, and I think um, Kabir too, by kind of welcoming her uh, and, and taking her picture with her date. They're saying like we recognize that you were a part of this journey that we had together right. and while we may differ in our feelings of, of life and relationships like you were an important part of that experience right. and yeah I just love for love for Natasha. I think she she's uh, ultimately a good person and ultimately I think we can we can like her
0: Yeah and it's nice to know too that them canceling their wedding was good for both of them.
1: Now, do we want to say what our our favorite songs were from this movie?
0: We can. I do just want to say it's something that could have been so cheesy, you know? Because, like, I feel like there are a number of Hollywood films that are, like, grab life by the horns and live life to the fullest. And this is like, literally, it just, it feels like it's from the heart that it was like, it does made with all these people who really believed in it. And so again, you can watch it 10 times and still Mm -hmm. walk away with the same warm, glowy feelings.
1: Absolutely. It's so emotional and so heartfelt. And I agree. I finished watching it and I walked out of my my room and my boyfriend Ben was sitting there and he was like, you know, I would watch that movie again. And I said, I would literally start. It right <laughs> yes. Now. Like every I would time. sit down and watch it with you right now. <laughs> you live on an endless loop. Um, Now, thinking about songs. Here, yeah. I mean, Senorita is my favorite. Yeah, I figured it favorite. would be. <laughs> yeah, I just, there's no competition for me. I love that song so much. And again, it's the blending of the Hindi and, and the Spanish. I also, for the first time ever, because... I will say this until the day I die, that Rithik is the best dancer I've ever seen. And Far Noctar is no slouch either. No. Abe diol this is the first time I ever only watched him. Oh. And he okay. is adorably awkward. Yes. And I And I've always noticed that he's, you know, he's not doing everything with quite the same, like, ease and precision. And, um, you know, Rithik, every move he makes is so effortless. And it just, you wonder, like, how do you move your body like that? His
0: body um, doesn't have bones.
1: He doesn't have bones. He's totally boneless. Um... <laughs> And Abe Diol is he very clearly has bones and potentially more than he's <laughs> supposed to. Um, but it's adorable and and I just love it so much. Um,
0: they're all singing. this is all of uh, all of the real. All of the boys' actual singing voices. I feel like it's important for us to just mention that that is not common or even somewhat normal. Like, it's very, very rare for that to be happening in a Bollywood film because these films, they hire people who can act and who can dance, but then they hire singers, Mm -hmm. like professional singers, to actually do the vocals And so most numbers that you see, it's being lip synced. Yeah, Um, even with actors who we know can
1: sing, actors who have at times like done their own playback singing in movies, even then they're not doing it all the time.
0: And as I was reading up on this, apparently Zoya Akhtar, again, director, Mm -hmm. one of the writers on this film, she had said that she had wanted them to sing this because it is the only lip synced uh, song. Of the entire film. Mm. And so she was like, Will you do this for me? And all three of them were game. Yeah. So excellent. I love that. I love the gameness. Yeah, I kind of banked on the fact that you were going to choose Senorita. So I chose the end credit scene, Raj Ki Bahon Mei. Yeah. It always makes me so happy. Like everything about yeah. it is so fun. Everyone is like loose and feeling fancy free. They're dancing down like the, the wedding aisle. Um, I love just all of the poses that Layla and Arjun are getting up to, like in the water. Um, I know. Yeah. It's just, I believe it, you know? And I think that's, yep. what's so fun about it. it is like, I believe that this is a group of friends who are just celebrating the union of two of them. Um, and it's just a big party and yeah. it makes me really happy. And every time I hear the like, <laughs> it gets me. I'm like, Oh, I know yep. what's coming. And I want
1: to, take this opportunity to mention that along with our podcast Katie and I also have started a Spotify playlist and a YouTube playlist um, yes. which we will share links to on Instagram. Uh, by the way, you can follow us on Instagram at two white girls Talk Bollywood please please follow us there if you haven't already but we will share links on on our Instagram page to our Spotify and our YouTube playlists um, and we're gonna each week add our favorite songs from each of the movies that we watch so we will be adding
0: senorita and that's the one yeah. <laughs> um yeah and eventually you'll get to the point where you could just endlessly watch bollywood music videos on youtube yeah because we are gonna do this
1: podcast for the next 50 years and so yep. um, by the end of <laughs> it it's yeah you'll be able to spend days on days and days watching videos
0: are we ready for my
1: research
0: yes i'm very excited you may notice when they're first on the beach and Imran is going to introduce himself to Layla that as they're talking and he says, you know, oh, what's your name? She says, Layla. He says in the subtitles, my friends call me Romeo. You'll notice if you're listening, he does not say Romeo. Vocally, he says Majnun. So, Mm -hmm. my piece of information I'm bringing to the table today is the story of Layla and Majnun. Yes, this is a love story that is an anonymous Arab Persian love story about a 7th century Bedouin poet named Kays ibn Mulawa. The story goes that Kays fell in love with his classmate, Layla. Though she was also very in love with him, he was way more vocal. So she was a little bit more subdued, but he was like going out in the village and saying, oh my God, I love Layla. Let me shout it to the rooftops. Let me compose these poems that I'm publicly going to perform. Um, To the point where it earned him the nickname Majnun, which means possessed or mad. Oh, yep, yep. So Majnun's vocal and very public declarations of love did alarm Layla's parents. They were kind of mm. like, this isn't really how we do things. We don't really want to betroth our daughter to this madman who's running around town, waxing poetic. Like, that's, that's not what we're about. So when Kay's father, Kay's father or Majnun's father, um, asked for Layla to marry his son, her parents flat out refused. So they betrothed her to another man. Um, Yeah, and so Majnun is distraught, and so he completely leaves the village. He kind of exiles himself. He goes into Mm -hmm. the wilderness, where apparently he learns with like he um, lives among the animals. He then receives word that Layla has married this other man. Um, Yeah, but he continues to live in you know the wilderness, and so there is a little bit. Of a divergence here in terms of the tellings. So I'm going to tell what I learned from like this kid friendly website. Okay. Yeah, that, that says that he was seen by travelers heading in and out of the city who all reported seeing him reciting poetry to himself. And so when his parents died, Layla wanted to get word to him. So she found some of these travelers who had seen Majnun outside in the wilderness, um, and she asked them to pass along word that his parents were dead. They did, and Majnun retreated even further into solitude in his grief. And then just a few years later, Layla's husband died. Tradition demanded that she remain in her house for two years to grieve and not see another soul. Um, And by this point, again, Layla was very in love with Majnun. It was just her parents that refused their marriage. And so she had married this other man out of a sense of duty. She ends up dying of a broken heart. So she never sees Majnun again. Majnun then hears that she dies. He comes to her gravesite and then he also dies a break. Oh. So it's, oh, you, it's, you hate to see it's it. It's not an uplifting story. Yeah. Um, but this other version that I coincidentally found on the University of Michigan's website fascinating, Um, (laughs) is that, you know, the beginning is the same. But when Majnun exiles himself, his father convinces him to travel to the holiest Muslim site, which is called Kaaba, where he pleads to Allah to help him kind of get a control on his love. So this is a much more religious, spiritual interpretation. While he's making this pilgrimage, Layla marries another man, but very intentionally does not consummate her marriage so she insists on remaining chaste and then her husband dies of rejection and grief (laughs) so her husband dies of hornyness. basically yes um so interestingly after her husband dies majnun is given multiple opportunities to see her but he chooses not to Ultimately, she ends up seeking him out and he still refuses to have physical, i.e. sexual contact with her, wanting to achieve perfect love, which transcends sexual contact and is free of lust. Layla then falls ill and dies. Is it of rejection and horniness? Maybe. Um, (laughs) And that is when Majnun seeks out her gravesite and dies of heartbreak. So beginning the same and the same Some people are saying it's an allegory for spiritual seekers who are searching for the divine or the truth. And so that's why Majnun is unable to be physically intimate with this idealized form of Layla because Hmm. it's what has consumed his every waking hour and his feelings for her are so great that he can't taint that. Or it could also just be like a straight up love story. So it's maybe not a perfect comparison of Imran to Majnun
1: but clearly there's, you know, they both have a poet's heart. Yes. And Imran is seeking truth in a way uh, on his journey through the film it, and also is maybe a lot more vocal about his love for Layla <laughs> than Layla is about his love, her love for uh, for Imran.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. There are literal uh, similarities there. Um and yeah, I wanted to bring that up just because I have noticed it in other films as well when they use yeah, yeah. Majnun instead of Romeo, where the subtitles would say Romeo, and Majnun and Layla was definitely around alone before Romeo and yes. Juliet. Yes. And I did also read that it's thought that this specific Eastern love story may have entered Western literature during the Crusades. You know, it was written in the 12th century, which is in the middle of the Crusades, and It's very, very possible that where Shakespeare got his source material came out of this story, and that is why there are some similarities in the tragic doomed love of it all. Yeah. I also just wanted to say that this story has been adapted many many times, not only in the written word over the centuries, but also in film. So there are several, Excellent. yes, there's several Hindi language films, but there's also films that were made in Pakistan, Indonesia, Turkey, and Azerbaijan. Great. So maybe we should seek one out in the future. I
1: absolutely think we should. This I mean, I'm very this the story sounds really beautiful and sad and I, you know, who doesn't want a good cry? (laughs) Katie, I would love to let you introduce our next film because I know that this is, uh, this one is near and dear
0: to your heart. Yes, I did list it as one of my favorites in our introductory Mm -hmm. episode. Um, So what we are planning to watch for next week is Kalho. That is K-A-L-H-O-N-A-A-H-O. Not sure if it's helpful to spell these because sometimes we slur our words as we try to rush over our white girl yeah. <laughs> um but it is a movie starring Shah Rukh Khan um and Saif Ali Khan who is mm-hmm. a new actor that we haven't really mentioned before Kal was the first movie I
1: saw with Shah Rukh in it so I'm really excited about this one too because I fell in love with him like shots into the it into is the movie. it is
0: really <laughs> hard not to yeah, I, I honestly think Honeho is the perfect introduction to Shah Ruk. I do think we
1: should, um, without spoiling anything, warn our listeners that they may want to have the tissues handy for this one.
0: Yes, tears will be shed. <laughs> yeah. Certainly on my part. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so it is available on Netflix. Shall we... Do our synopsis reading and preparation. Yeah, do you have Netflix? I do. Yeah, Netflix says that Kohonaho is about an uptight MBA student, falls for the charismatic new neighbor who charms her troubled family, but he has a secret that forces him to push her away. Oh yeah, very now secret. that's good. That's that's a very perfect synopsis. That's a top-notch
1: synopsis. Leaves right you there. wanting more. All right. Well, thanks again for for
0: listening and for joining us for another week. Yeah. Until next time, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. We need Bollywood. We do indeed. Adios. Adios, amigos.